For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the Good News, here's Angie. Hey there, friend. Angie Austin with the Good News, along with Beatrice Bruno and also Michelle Ron, regular guests on my show for many years. Uh, Michelle has a word of the day, of the week. Let's call it word of the week. I like the way it sounds. And that's laugh. But before we start, Michelle, I do want yeah. to um, catch up on something Beatrice spoke about recently. Uh, welcome to both of you. Hey, Thank good you. to be here. God bless y'all. All right, Beatrice, um, you told me that you decided that uh, two years after, you know, your husband's passed now, you're out there on the East Coast and that you had a couple of friends take you out on one of the guy's boats and that you did a service for your husband and you put some of his ashes uh, in and uh, the, <laughs> you said in typical fashion of your husband, what did you have to do with the uh, <laughs> with the container to get the ashes out? Um, the ashes were stuck. And I had to hit it against the railing of the boat. And I, I looked at my, um, I had my three kids, three of my kids on Facebook Messenger or whatever it is. And I said, see, your dad's still stubborn. He's still hard-headed. And we had a good laugh, but we, we cried, but we laughed. <laughs> and you, That's good. That's and, good. And you said, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Still laughing in the midst of the pain. Um, yeah. you, you said, that too, that these men, uh, and I was wondering how they reacted. They said that, I mean, they were crying, and they didn't even know your husband. They said it was one of the most touching things they'd ever seen. Yeah, yeah, they did. And, and both of them, neither one of them I, is really saved, you know, um, born again, Christians and what have you. Um, but they were touched by what I did, um, how I did it. Cause I, you know, I'm a preach and, um, they were touched by the words that were said and the, the kids being, um, present and just, just the way we did it. Wow. Good. That was great. Yeah. And yeah. how about in the aftermath of that? How have you felt after making that now a big decision? It's kind of a turning point in your grief journey. Yeah, well, I recognize, Angie, that that's a chapter that's closed in my life and that it's okay for me to move forward. You know, at, at a certain point, after the death of a spouse, of a loved one, you have to give yourself permission to move forward. And that's what I did on that Saturday. I gave myself permission to move forward. Does that mean that I, I don't miss him? Oh, no, I still miss that man. I really do. You know, but I gave myself permission to move forward because... I can't allow the grief to just keep me in. And, you know, and I don't I'm not, I don't want to take over the whole conversation. But I have to say this. After that, um, my mind now has been showing me. I've been, I guess I've been showing myself that as long as I was holding on to his ashes like that, I was not allowing myself to move forward the way I'm supposed to. And as soon as I allowed those ashes to be gone out of the little vial that they were in, that that gave me permission to move forward. Now I'm looking at my businesses and revamping my, my website, the drill starting of life and all this stuff, because I've freed myself up from that portion of my past so that I can actually embrace 
the future that's in front of me so I can move forward. And I can only imagine how many people are out there that's still holding on to the past and won't allow themselves to move forward in this way. We have to let we have to we have to release those ashes. Okay, the ashes of our past and allow ourselves to move forward so that we can do the things that God has called us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I, I wanted to, I, I just it was so profound, the statement about the, um, you know, just the experience, I guess I should say, of these men that were with you, um, taking you out on the boat, and then you, mm-hmm. and I know how you preach, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I, I do, <clears throat> I wanted to get the update on how freeing that had been for you, but also in typical God fashion that he um, tied laughter in there that Michelle's going to be talking about that you're, you know, laughing that your husband, you know, I, I feel like he was just pulling one last prank because the, <laughs> you, you all had so much fun together and he was such a yeah. goofball and so funny and the girls, uh, I don't know your sons as well as your daughters and your daughters are so funny too and your whole family laughter yeah. has, was really a big platform on the way your family was run. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, there's enough to cry about out there in the world. It really is. Every day, there's something more to cry about, you know, and we have to embrace that laughter just to keep ourselves sane. And I'm, I'm sure Michelle is going to say something similar to what I'm saying. We have to embrace that laughter so we can remain sane in this crazy world. Well, and uh, right. Michelle, let's move on to you because um, the two of you make me laugh. And that's part of the reason I still do this <laughs> show, that I learn something from the two of you every week. And that moves me, brings me closer to the Lord, makes me think. But you also both totally crack me up. So let's move on to laughter, <laughs> Michelle Ron. Well, no, thank you. And and gosh, I'm, I'm so appreciative that uh, you're sharing that. It must be it's very important for all of us to hear. Um, yes. These past couple years... Besides, um, and the word I want to talk about is laugh and laughter, but the word overwhelmed seems to be a word that just has been coming forth over and over and over again. And each one of us these past two years has had basically life confronting us in ways that that are totally new to us. And I read an article years and years ago that says the best thing to do when we feel overwhelmed is to get up move away from it, find something that makes you smile. And Angie and Miss B have both seen me speak about what I have, thanks to Barbara Johnson, is a joy box. And it's just a small box that when I feel overwhelmed, which is a lot, mm-hmm. I get up and move away. I go and find this bright green box. And inside of it are things that make me smile, things that just give me pleasure and they're they're pictures or they're there's something that um makes me laugh out loud and do you know um that the and this is these statistics may have changed but when i was teaching that the average kindergartner laughs 300 times per day well i love that yeah Hmm. we adults only laugh 17 17 Mm -hmm. times Mm -hmm. per day and, and, and so there's um, years ago, I spoke at a conference, and uh, the other gal that was speaking was Karen Stobe, and it's S-T-O-B-B-E. And she wrote a book called Sometimes You've Got to Laugh, because both of her parents at the same time had Alzheimer's. And mm-hmm. Karen is an child and had to deal with this. And she wrote this fabulous book. Sometimes you got to laugh. And a couple of the things in there, it says, what does laughter do for you? 
And Steve Soltanoff is a clinical psychologist, and he says humor may be dangerous to your illness because he said in several of our hospitals, a laugh mobile will roll from room to room in a hospital in North Carolina and at another hospital in California. Patients can tune into a closed circuit laugh channel. The medical profession is promoting the health benefits of laughter and not just physical health, but also the mental and emotional. And it seems we know in circumstances, as Miss B has been speaking um, about, that it, it's, oh, laughter. Where is laughter in the loss of a loved one? Mm-hmm. It, in obviously, obviously, we're talking about taking care of our physical and mental health and, and moving forward. And laughter has to become a part of that. Um, sometimes, all I have to do. Now, mind you, I love going to the store very comfortable. I don't want makeup on. I want a sweatshirt. I want sweats. But when I walk into a couple stores, all I have to do is stand at the door and just look at what people are wearing. I swear (laughs) they're wearing pajamas or their slippers or I I don't know, but it makes me smile. And lots of times I I have a big laugh on that too. But it also means I'm laughing at myself because I'm sure I'm doing the same thing for someone else. But this one, uh, his name is Dr. Katari. He says, while laughing, we do not have any conscious thought process, and all of our senses naturally and effortlessly combine in a moment of harmony to give joy and peace and relaxation. And I think to move forward is is so, so important. And the 20 seconds of intense laughter, even if it's faked, keep in mind, even if it's faked, can quickly double the heart rate for three to five minutes. And that's an accomplishment that would take three minutes of strenuous rowing exercises. There's just so many benefits for laughter. But sometimes when we're overwhelmed, we're going to have to look for those. We're going to have to figuratively just get out and consciously look for something to smile about. So I would recommend a joy box or find a couple things that that make you smile and put it by your mirror um, when you're getting dressed in the morning or when you're having to go out. And that moving forward is so important. Oh, my gosh. Some people, we all know. It takes one day at a time. I say it takes one step at a time, and it takes an inch at a time, even if we can just keep that moving forward. And um, I know all three of us, we know how important that that focus on our Lord and Savior is. And Lord, help me do this because I can't. There's no laughter. There's no joy in me right now. Father, you're just going to please have to take over, and I give it to you at the foot of your cross. And that's that's so, so important in my word. So. Ta-da! That's that's it. <laughs> you, you know, today. Um, Michelle turned me on to this um, joy box, and I turned it into a joy shelf, and then I turned oh, yes. turned it into oh. joy shelves. And they're in my closet. When I walk in, I don't know if you've, either of you've been in my closet, but it's pretty good size and it's shaped like an L. So when I walk in, I'm in the curve of the L, and, and there's about mm. five shelves there. And I started sure. putting things that the kids gave me and made me over the years of elementary school, etc. One is a picture of my daughter 
daughter, um, the two of them, and one uh, says, you know, uh, what I love most about myself, and then my little one, uh, Faith, she had said, uh, the picture of her smiling, I love my heart because my heart is like Jesus. And then she explains, you know, mm. why she loves people. And then Hope, I think, did her eyes, you know, and then mm-hmm. explained why. And then they've got a picture, of course. So, and then artwork, like one of my daughters made me um, this collage, and she <clears throat> used different art techniques. And I said, what is that? She goes, oh, why can't you tell? She said, that's a banana doing backstroke. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I've got to keep that. And the other one was um, uh, a, 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 a turtle on top of a hamburger. And it was a ceramic sculpture that she'd made, a uh, turtle on top mm-hmm. of a hamburger. And I thought, well, <laughs> hello, you know, I need to keep that. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't, right? I mean, a banana doing backstroke right. and a turtle on top of a hamburger. <laughs> and Sure. And so um, to make a long story short, I I see just in their progression to teens uh, that joyful time when they're so little, you know, and I I would go speak at their class and they'd, I'd come in to maybe talk about weather or TV or something and they'd raise their hand and say like, my grandpa likes squirrels and once he ate a cricket. And you're like, oh, excellent. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And then another one, my grandpa, he eats toast dry. And it's just like this random things they say that they think are hysterical. And so being around them is so much fun. You know, as a teacher, Michelle, like, I mean, yes, they're a pain in the rear, but when they're fun, they are fun and you are laughing. I I want to continue this conversation, but because you're both speakers and Michelle, um, you, you speak around the Denver metro area, would travel, of course, for the right price, but speak at a lot of churches and uh, senior centers, mops groups, and then Beatrice, she travels. She'll be um, speaking in Blackhawk in uh, the next month. So um, tell us when Beatrice and give us your website. It's August 27th. I will be at the um, Treasure Ho- Treasure House up in um, Blackhawk. And uh, my website is drillsergeantoflife.com. Is it Treasure Island? No, it's not Treasure Island. It's um, the, the name of the group is Treasure Hope, I believe it is. Got you. Something okay. Like All right. And Michelle, give us your website for speaking. MichelleAron.com. Okay, when we come back, I want to tell you about the new things that I put on my joy shelf because both of you oh, being good. musically inclined, um, I had to clean the joy shelves off because my cousins came in. They're like, are you kidding me? These things are packed so full you can't even enjoy what you have on them. We'll be right back. <laughs> okay. Golden is listening to the Mighty 670 KLT Denver. ARC thrift stores have been an essential part of Colorado's economy with an economic impact of over $2.3 billion in the last 15 years. During the shutdowns due to COVID-19, ARC thrift stores distributed over 200 tons of food to people in need and distributed thousands of pounds of essential supplies to homeless shelters and child care centers. That included over 100 million pounds of recycled donations to keep them out of landfills. ARC annually provides services to more than 9,000 people with intellectual or developmental disabilities. Unlike other nonprofit organizations, their outreach has never ended. Right now, ARC has three to five relief efforts per week. When you shop at your local ARC, your hard-earned money directly supports a company that gives back to its community. Decide to shop today at the ARC thrift store near you. Find the nearest location at arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. Hey there, friend, Angie Austin, Beatrice Bruno, Michelle Ron. We are talking about laughter 
and we are talking about how it gets through those overwhelming, you know, spots in your life where you just feel like, oh, how am I going to get through this day? But laughter is so wonderful. Michelle was talking about her joy box. And many years ago, I followed her lead. I told you I had joy shelves. My cousins came to organize my house and my closet. And they're like, oh my gosh, this joy, these joy shelves have to go in a box and we have to start from scratch. So what do you guys think I put up there now? Probably things for the kids. Some things for my kids. Yes, I had to keep the banana doing backstroke that Hope gave me, um, for me <laughs> sure. and the uh, turtle on top of a, um, a hamburger. Uh, um, but I also right. have now uh, fair, no, pardon me, merry-go-rounds. And there's something about them. Like, think about it, a Ferris wheel or a merry-go-round. It, it's always a fun day. There's funnel cakes. There's cotton candy. There's feeling nauseous after some ride. But it's friends <laughs> and laughter and sticky fingers and too much sugar. And so these um, merry-go-rounds, um, I have four of them right now. I'm sure I'll add a fifth before you know it. One plays... Okay. Um, uh, uh, you are my sunshine, and I also have a um, a, a duck, a uh, stuffed duck with an umbrella that sings "You Are My Sunshine," and they just play different songs. So when I twist them up, um, they'll play, you know, "Farmer in the Dell" or whatever. And I don't know. I just when I turn them on, it just makes me giggle. If it's joy, that's the that's the whole reason to have it. Good, 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 good. So you know, go ahead. Michelle, as you were talking, the question came across my mind because you were in the educational field and you've seen kids go from probably the beginning all the way to graduation in the the, um, high school area. I I have a question for you. How much do they lose their laughter from, say, kindergarten all the way up to the 12th grade? Because I, I remember Going to school, um, when I finished kindergarten, I went from the from kindergarten to the second grade. I skipped the first grade. But I remember before going to school, I always laughed. But as I progressed through the grades, I didn't laugh as much. And so I'm wondering, mm. did you notice that the kids lost their laughter as time progressed as they went through the grades? My observation um, is that for me, I always said up to fourth grade, were my favorites for a long time really? because hmm. well because they cared about the teacher they cared about themselves they did not care about what other kids said mm. and in basic after fourth grade those observations from other kids began to take hold mm. and that's just for my perspective i have no idea if that's true or not but i always said that you know they were their own kid if they wanted to laugh at something or be silly or or stand up and do this or that they didn't care what other kids mm-hmm. did in reaction to them but mm-hmm. after that they started to think about the reaction of course now with social media it's a whole new ball game all oh, right yeah, yeah. Yeah, social media. Oof, it be, it becomes easier to laugh at others through sure. that. Yes, that exactly. There's even an app or some kind of something that they do now where they put a photo up and they ask people to comment on it. And boy, oh. when I see some of the things that they say about some yeah. of these kids, they're so cruel. Yeah. So the laughter there is at the at the expense of others. So not a real you yeah. know fan of that. Like America's Funniest Videos or bloopers bloopers um mm-hmm. we all tend to there's things on there that we laugh and and it's just so important <laughs> not laughing at somebody but because we probably would do the same thing uh if we were on the blooper show 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you know, you, I, Beatrice? I really... It makes you laugh because you're a very funny person. Almost as funny <laughs> as I am. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think it's my relationship with the Lord, and I'll I'll qualify that. Sometimes I will walk in the bathroom, okay, and look in the mirror and just start giggling. And I say, Lord, you're so funny because he gives me this this giggle. It just comes out of nowhere. You know, I could be riding down the street and, and see something, somebody do something crazy and I'll just start giggling. But I think it's because he's put a giggle in my spirit to replace the grief, if you will, you know, so that I can actually laugh now. And it's real laughter because before I was forcing um, like the, the one program that you were talking about where they had to force themselves to laugh. I was forcing myself to laugh. But now it just comes on out and I just laugh and it feels good. Now, of course, I always laugh at my kids. I'm just saying because they they are hilarious. They're just like their dad. I'm, I'm just saying. Oh, but, my gosh. Your, your oldest daughter, she oh will gosh. post something like she has this one outfit and it is, whoa, it is racy. Mm-hmm. And she'll put it on. And she's like, I'm really feeling myself, you know, in my 40s now and I'm going for it tonight. I'm going out and I'm going to rock this town. And you and I will be like, oh, girl, be careful. I don't know if you can wear that out in public. Okay. <laughs> But I laugh because when you get when you sit down and talk with her, she is just as straight. She has a straight face. She barely even smiles half the time, but she will do some of the craziest mess. And I just look at this child like, who are you and where did you come from? What is, is wrong with you? So funny. And as you know, um, Michelle, with all your grandkids, how different you know mm. kids' personalities are. And she right. is so funny because she is so straight. But then her littlest one, EJ, that girl <laughs> has a constant smile on her face oh and gosh. she's just so warm and sweet. I mean, their personalities seemingly, if you met them, seem like polar opposites, like the antithesis yes. of each other. A straight face looking stern and then like that smile and sweet and laughing. But actually, they're more alike than you'd think. They just have a different facade. Yes, sure. they do. They do. And that, that's what makes me laugh. And I love just, I love laughing. I really do. Me too. Because like I said, it's enough out there to make you cry. I mean, every day, all you have to do, I don't even turn on the news anymore. I don't want to see the news because it will make you cry. But just life, life is so, you know, and they say, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so when we get that joy and are able to laugh, that's where our strength comes from. Mm-hmm. Right. Good. I love yep. it. All right, parting words uh, for you, Michelle. Oh, just smile. Make the Lord, oh, Heavenly Father, show me what it is you have in mind, and may I make you smile. Amen. I Amen. love it. All right, so um, AngieAustin.org, if you want to find either of my friends, and I've got to change gears here. And uh, do you get a lot of deliveries? Uh, my husband says that I know the mailman and all the delivery guys and gals <laughs> by name, which I do. I'm always making treats for my mailman. He's a little portly, and he just loves it. He just loves my treats. Uh, <laughs> but when it comes to postal workers, keep your dogs out of the way because uh, dogs may not be man's best friend or a woman's best friend when mm-hmm. it comes to uh, delivery people. Joining us is Leanne Theralt, USPS Manager of Employee Safety and Health Awareness, and a great time to join us because we are talking about dog bite awareness right now. Welcome to you, Leanne. 
Thank you, Angie. Happy to be here, and thank you for letting us discuss National Dog Bite Awareness Week. This is so important because so many people, you know, say, oh, you know, my dog is so nice. Don't worry about my dog. My dog never bites. Like, they don't know. They don't know how they're going to react to someone in a uniform or someone that they feel is intimidating. So what, what, is some of the, what are some of the things you want us to know to protect our uh, postal workers? Well, Angie, it's important to know that customers should have their dogs leashed and not free in the yard, specifically when a carrier is delivering mail um, or packages to the door. Also, um, when the carrier is coming to the door with a package, keep the dog possibly in another room, as some dogs have broken through their screens or storm doors, um, even though the door has been shut. And children, um, do not let your children take mail from the letter carrier, specifically hand-to-hand, as dogs are very protective of their family and children and could cause um, an incident at that point. I never would have thought of that. I guess because we have like a seven-pound palm chee, you know, but I, I never thought about the, you know, protective nature of a dog wanting to protect it, particularly a child. Okay, so um, you've got technology now. Tell us about the technology that uh, the Postal Service is using to protect its workers. This is quite interesting. Angie, the Postal Service has taken great strides into um, have our technology enhanced. We have handheld scanners now that we can have um, customers sign for letters as well as scanning those barcodes on packages. But it also has an alert that indicates a letter carrier that upcoming deliveries will have a dog at that address. So they can be alert and aware of their surroundings um, when they get to that delivery um, address. And then there's also informed delivery that the customer can go on USPS.com to sign up for. You can get these alerts, informed delivery alerts on your smartphone in which it tells you when letters and packages are coming to your home. So if you realize a package is coming, you can make sure that the dog is not out in the yard when you know a letter carrier is going to be coming to your door to place that package. And then the training, um, very intense training that we go through with all our carriers at the onset of them joining the United States Postal Service, specifically letting them know that their satchel in which they carry the mail in can pr- is a good protectant between the dog and their bodies. Um, and then the dog spray that they may have to use if the dog still persists in attacking them. Um, it's a cayenne pepper spray that has been approved by the American Veterinary Association, and it's not harmful to the dog, but it does deter them from continuing to attack. The um, Our mailman was just showing us the other day, because I, I asked him about that, like, well, you know, what do you guys do if you do have a problem dog? And he showed how he put, like, his bag out, you know, and I didn't ask about the spray, but I was curious about that myself. You know, and in our neighborhood, we each have about um, two and a half acres, so mo- most of except for us, everyone else has those detection systems or whatever, you know, where the dog has a collar and so they can't go outside of their yard, but that doesn't help the postal service worker at all. I actually have my dude on a leash in the yard when I'm out there working uh, because those, those, you know, invisible fences, they do not help the postal worker at all. Right. The postal worker wouldn't see that the fence is there and often the dog can sprint right through it. They might get shocked at first, but they would sprint right through it and could still attack the postal worker. So it's very important that the dog is either on a leash um, inside the home or um, 
definitely um, in the yard, but with the owner who is holding them back so that they they know uh, it won't attack the employee. And not just, you know, your um, your your employees, but just in general, the general population, you know, little kids in the neighborhood, you know, people dropping things off at your house. My teenagers have people coming over all the time. So how serious are dog bites in general? Yeah, so we don't have um, general population statistics, although there are over a million bites a year, specifically with the elderly and small children, um, as you just stated, neighbors coming over to your home. But I can tell you that over 5,400 Postal Service employees were attacked by dogs last year, which equates to about 15 per day. Oh, my goodness. Um, all right. Any, t- any other tips, uh, you know, for our listeners, especially the dog owners, anything else you can think of? Absolutely. So we encourage all your listeners, Angie, to go to USPS.com, um, looking under National Dog Bite Awareness Week, where they can get more information um, on activities for dog bite awareness, more information on training their pets, um, with social media platforms, also um, hashtag dog bite awareness to spread the word uh, for other um, constituents to be able to get information and be able to protect um, neighbors and letter carriers from any kind of dog incidents. You know, I really feel when, when you say, you know, 15 per day, I really feel for these carriers because to me, it's just common sense to protect others from your animal. And, you know, it, you have to be responsible. And so you've got to think of others first when you have a pet that you're responsible from keeping that pet from uh, attacking, you know, kids, neighbors, the elderly. We hear stories all the time in the news. I haven't heard as many about postal workers, so that stat shocks me. But, um, you know, just in general, very serious dog attacks. Uh, so please uh, take that information seriously uh, thank you so much i love my mailman thank you leanne thank you angie we appreciate all your support thank you for listening to the good news with angie austin on am 670 kltt judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com it's my little escape Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.